Welcome to Upbringing. We're Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Kelty, we're upbringing. Hello. Welcome to our live weekly Q&A, talking about uh, a magical superpower this week called the circle back. Yep. <laughs> Basically, how can we support our kids in making good choices um, without using coercion, the control toolbox, consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower lecture, shame, blame, spanking, timeout, mm-hmm. um, all the things that come so naturally to us. Uh, that we're trying not to use. Why? Because that's not actually how kids learn best. Using control over kids is not how they learn best. Using connection with kids is how brains learn best. That's how we learn best too. It's it's a human thing, right? But our society has taught us to use control, to use shame as a motivator to change our kids' behavior. That was very often used on us and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't to the expense of maybe our relationship with our parents, our self-concept, our confidence, our self-awareness and understanding, mm-hmm. our communication skills, right? And so that's why we're just going to set that control toolbox aside and talk today about how we can use connection in conversations with our kids after tricky moments. Mm-hmm. So why do we not want to be talking and teaching in the moment? I think we, we feel that pressure. We're like, God, they gotta know why this is so not cool. Like what? Or that, okay, when they, they, do they break something. They run across the street, they bop their brother, they're refusing homework, they won't clean up, they make a big mess. Like I said, doing something dangerous. You sure. feel compelled, or they're yelling, or jumping off things, or being unsafe feel so compelled in the moment, like they have to know. I have to explain the severity of this situation so that they'll learn because they're not gonna remember later, we think, or now is the moment, Mm -hmm. or we're not even planning that and we're literally just unhinged and dysregulated and reacting in the moment. So, so much of what we talk about in the Upbringing Collective is talking about taking a tricky moment, an explosion, ours, theirs, whatever that conflict looks like and opening it up, right? And slowing it all down And especially in that moment of conflict and explosion or dissonance or conflicting needs, taking quote unquote teaching about the lesson to our kids, whatever it is, off the table temporarily for after the conflict. And we want to be teaching after the conflict because that's when our kids' brains are receptive, right? That's when their prefrontal cortices are more online and ours as well, right? That's when they're more receptive, they're more open. They like us maybe a little more. They want to learn and listen. Why else? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, I think it's also because we're more calm and we can <laughs> have thought through the tricky situation that happened that we witnessed or that we failed to support, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're able to come to it with our thinking brain and our teaching brain. And they're able to come to it with their learning brain, right? And we're able to kind of learn together 
what needs were at play, what feelings were going on, mm-hmm. right? When they're not super heightened in the moment, after is a great time. Think about how we learn yeah. best, right? It's actually a big relief taking the like explicit teaching in the heat of the moment off the table and realizing, okay, I just gotta ride this out. I gotta keep people physically safe. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try not to add. That's a big goal. That's mm-hmm. a lofty goal, right? Yeah. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. Talk about this tonight. We'll talk about this tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. We'll write about this. We'll figure it out. And so what we love talking about, the circle back being our biggest superpower because that is those are the sensitive conversations that we can have with our kids over and over and over where the actual learning can take place where the repair can happen mm-hmm. if we've got a little apologizing to do mm-hmm. which we often do and which we can be model for them where too. we can neutrally mm-hmm. explore the impact of what happened all mm-hmm. those things so some people listening might be thinking this sounds very permissive this sounds like so we're basically just going to let them get away with that, whatever it is in the moment. <laughs> and then we're going to be like nice and neutral talking about it later. That doesn't sound right. And that's because we've been steeped in white patriarchy and, you know, racism and white supremacy. And I'm just listing all the things capitalism. Let's throw <laughs> that in there too. These are the forces that tell us that kids need to feel like crap about themselves to learn a lesson, mm-hmm. an important lesson. And that's being disproven by all the research out there. So kids need to feel the opposite. They need to feel safe and in relationship to learn. And so that's why we're talking circle back instead of grill back. But let's talk about that. I think so many people had some interesting reflections in the upbringing collective about grill backs and what they experienced as a kid. Because I think when conflict happened for us in our homes, I think often it was either swept under the rug as in like, oh my God, that didn't just happen. And we're just never going to talk about it. Or maybe that's how it was um, approached by one parent mm-hmm. or caregiver. Or maybe a punishment was given maybe, or consequence. But you just don't talk about it. No talking about it. Yeah. Or you have those kind of official grill back conversations where you're sat down and here's what it sounds like to me as a kid and to a lot of the people we worked with. And those of you listening, if you Please had grill backs, let type, us know. Type what those in what like. is a classic grill back that you got as a kid mm-hmm. or an adolescent? Or what's a classic grill back that you give your kid right now? Because no shame for shaming, right? Yeah. We're all working on this stuff. So I think a classic grill back sounds kind of like, we need to talk. I need you to pay attention and think about what you did. Or I'm so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. Or that was really embarrassing. Or that was very unsafe and not okay. Mm-hmm. What are some other things? I don't that... know, but I'm feeling anxious just hearing you say this. Okay. <laughs> Deep breath in everybody. Person. Right? I think it doesn't feel yeah. good to get grilled. It doesn't. Feel, sometimes it feels good grilling because you're upset. You're in a fear spiral. It feels like you're doing something. feels proactive somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels productive, I yes. guess. But I think we're, we're thinking about the grill back as really just something that's kind of steeped in shame, mm-hmm. steeped in dip, disconnection, and is honestly mm-hmm. kind of um, holds back the learning a little bit. It does. Yeah. I mean, when, when our kids, just like us, if we get in a fight with anybody else, if we feel like we're in trouble, if we feel um, distrusted, if we feel a lack of belonging or value, if we feel shame, right? Mm-hmm. What are we going to naturally do? Naturally, our psyche is going to want to protect ourselves from that feeling of, of negativity, that feeling of disconnection from the other person, that feeling of shame mm-hmm. and unlovability. And so people do different things. They might defend themselves and deny what they did. That's not learning and growing. Mm -hmm. They might avoid and run away. Be like, la la la, not listening. Mm -hmm. They might shut down, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They might fight back about it and say, well, you were doing these things. So if any of you listening are like, wow, I've tried to have conversations with my kid where I'm like pointing out their mistakes and trying to tell them what to do. nicely being like, don't do that, dude. And it doesn't go well. And that's why, because it's inherently our, our, our natural impulse to, to process with our kids that grill back Kelty was Mm -hmm. identifying is inherently based in shame, 
which reduces our kids' learning mm-hmm. and their willingness to come to the table and sit and process a challenge. Right? Say it's, it's also inherently based in top down, mm-hmm. right? So we, in a grill back, a traditional grill back, we call the shots. We say, when we're talking, I don't care what you're doing. Come over here. We're talking right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I don't care if you want to talk, you're going to sit and listen to this, right? It gets kind of luxury. Mm-hmm. It's very top down. It's very one-sided. I don't want to hear a lot from you other than you're going to make a better choice next time. And, or I'm sorry is, is your yeah. contribution to this. Well, and the forcing the sorry mm-hmm. is also controlling and top down. Yeah. Forcing apologies, right? None of that feels good for any of us. How much learning is our kid getting, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, let's be honest, our kids know when they did something that wasn't okay or ideal. They know when they did something. Hence the grill back. We're like, why are you still doing it? You already know. (laughs) I know, but, but they already know. And usually, let's be honest, when our kids are not feeling well, they don't do well. Mm -hmm. And when they don't do well, they, when they misbehave, when they melt down, when they say it and do really mean things. Do you think they're feeling good doing it? Probably not. I don't ever feel really good when I'm losing my shit and, and treating people poorly when I'm dysregulated, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the grill back is unfortunate because it takes a situation that was already really difficult for our kids and it just piles on more anxiety, more confusion, mm-hmm. more shame. It's like a, a second event that we just like tack right on to an original unfortunate event. Yeah. And so it's just, we're, we're talking about this in a way to say, Let's, let's really challenge and dismantle this idea of the conventional grill back that we do with our kids, this teaching that we do it's, and it's show really, it for what it really is. It's unproductive. Yeah, I like that. I think the grill back, the lecture from parent to, or caregiver to child is seen as quote unquote good parenting. Yeah. It's you got to tell them what's what you got to discipline them often. Mm-hmm. So that's our cultural conditioning and conventional wisdom and thinking. It's based right. in a punitive justice framework, right? Yeah. So I think we're trying to set that aside based yeah. on the research based on what feels better, what based on what kids are going to need to do better to make those good choices. And as opposed to shame, we're going to talk about conversations that promote safety, which can then promote learning, right? And that's what the circle back is all about. It's about saying safe, 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 safe. I want you to keep being able to come back here, connect with me, talk about things that felt pretty shitty, right? Mm-hmm. Figure out who was needing what, the impact, explore those things in a calm and neutral setting. Mm-hmm. Right. So our kids will want to come back and talk about things and share Mm -hmm. like crappy things that happened to them. Right. Or really important things eventually that happened to them. Right. So we're starting that patterning of conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And I like to use the metaphor of a conflict or a challenge or difficult moment being a body of water, like a lake. Mm -hmm. Right. And we want our kids to be able to process and connect and learn from mistakes, challenges, conflict, competing needs. We want them to get in there and swim in there. We want them to get in the water and Mm -hmm. and swim and engage, right? And grow from it and enjoy it, right? And move through it, right? Be successful swimmer, so to speak, if we're using the metaphor. But a lot of kids struggle when they're being forced into the water. How many of us were like thrown in the water as little kids Mm -hmm. and, or, you know, had a really scary thing in the deep end where we like choked on water or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? These are experiences that happen in these grill back conversations very often that give our kids a negative association around conflict, around competing needs, around mistakes that they've made, Mm -hmm. and they make them less likely to want to engage. And so when we think about the water, the body of water metaphor for a circle back, which Mm -hmm. is a a really connection-based conversation for learning to happen, we want the water to be warm. We want to invite our kids in, Mm -hmm. not shove them in right against their will. We want them to figure out which area they want to access that works best for them. 
She's talking about right? different kind of circle back Different approaches. types of conversations that work best for their temperament and skill level. We're also talking right. about the speed at which they acclimate into those conversations or into mm -hmm. that metaphorical water. Mm -hmm. So how can we make it for some kids a, more of a wade mm -hmm. where you're tiptoeing in and then it's warmer. Then you tiptoe into the cooler, then it's warmer. Right, right. A lot of us have some sensitive and strong-willed kids. I mean, some kids are out there who you say, hey, let's talk about what happened earlier. They're like, okay, thank you, finally. Let's talk I have a lot this, to say on right? this topic. Yeah, but most of us have kids who are a little bit more shame-sensitive, right? Who um, experience anxiety when they think back on a tricky situation that happened or mm -hmm. a quote-unquote mistake they made or something aggressive bad. that they did. Mm -hmm. They feel bad about it. And so they're naturally going to be like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to wade into that water. It's too cold for me, right? And so, so much about the, the connection-based circle back that we're talking about tonight, this process um, that we get to engage in and practice over time with our kids is helping to fine tune the conversation and thinking a little bit more collaboratively about our unique kid and our needs and how can we start these conversations in really small ways. This isn't like a perfect thing we need to do. This is something we practice and get better at over time. Yeah, so we, we did a video recently and it's gonna be shared tomorrow on our Instagram and put out in the Upbringing Collective as well um, into their resource bank mm -hmm. about six ways that we can kind of connect through that circle back conversation, especially for kids who are new to a circle back, maybe they've gotten a lot of, a lot of grill backs, which is totally understandable. Um, maybe kids who are very anxious about talking about those moments, like you said, Hannah, where mm -hmm. something went wrong or they made a choice that had an impact that didn't feel good for people. Mm -hmm. um, or those kids who just tune you out and won't listen or engage, or the kids that say, stop it, I don't want to talk about it, mm -hmm. I don't care, eh. Right? And ways to kind of find those circle back languages with our kids. So we've got mm -hmm. six things that we wanted to discuss tonight. If anyone here listening has any questions about circle backs versus the girl back, about why a circle back is not permissive, about when and how to do a circle back, or how do I reconnect with my kid about this thing that happened? Yeah. We will walk through a circle back on that exact topic. So mm -hmm. pop it into the chat. Yeah, pop it into the chat. What do you want to talk to your kid about and teach about and connect about that's been hard lately and you're just not sure how to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Most of us didn't get those conversations. Most mm -hmm. of us barely have those conversations with our partners. Mm -hmm. How can we start engaging in this, this really, it's basically based in nonviolent communication this type of conversation with our kids, right? To process a tricky situation, to build awareness mm -hmm. over what they were needing and other people were needing, mm -hmm. and to plan for, for next time. It could really be something as innocuous as like a repetitive situation where you're nagging about homework and they don't wanna do it over and over. Mm -hmm. That's something you could have a circle back about. Or one chronic, you know, less chronic <clears throat> but more acute situation of like, one of the kids got really hurt by the other one and you're like, how do I talk about this? Or a grandparent caregiver exploded at your kids and you're like, how do I circle back about this? Mm -hmm. Or someone at school said something really harsh to them and they keep bringing it up. How do you circle back about it? Yeah. Sometimes our kids initiate a circle back with mm -hmm. us, a processing conversation. It doesn't always look like a circle back initiation though. No, what could it look like? It could look like uh, complaining about a situation mm -hmm. over and over where you're like, why do you keep bringing this up? Shut up, no, I don't want to talk about this anymore. That is the perfect time for a circle back. Right? Mm -hmm. Or for example, a kid having maybe some negative self-talk. I'm the worst, I'm the worst kid, or I'm the worst friend, I'm a terrible friend. They start getting on a loop about that. That's a perfect circle back too. It's sounding like they're ready to, to mm -hmm. process something. Sure. Or it could be, you know, struggles at mealtimes, for example. Mm -hmm. One of our, our clients yesterday had a three and a half year old who was like resisting eating food, throwing the food, mm -hmm. melting down. She didn't respond very well. She got pretty triggered. Mm -hmm. And so, the, as, you know, 
um, single incident, you can also do a, a circle back. Chronic stuff, acute stuff, it works for all the yeah. all the things. I want to say too, some things don't necessarily always merit a circle back or need a circle back, mm. and that's what we end up kind of finding out. And that's the check-in that we can have with our kids. How you feel okay about what happened earlier? Like someone shared unkind words to a sibling as soon as they see each other. Mm. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> one of my kids just came up and got in the other one's way, and then the second one hit the other one on the back really hard, and they both stormed off. Oh, gosh. So what kind of circle back would that merit to me? Maybe just mm -hmm. to check in to see how they're doing. Maybe play mm -hmm. it back a little bit, but not like a big sit-down type thing. So I feel mm -hmm. like there's kind of a, a spectrum of, yeah. of circle back connections. Sometimes you're just like, everyone seemed really stressed there for a minute. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. Or that's really hard when your sister walks in and is just like, get out of here, ugly face. That's really hard. I'm so sorry that happened. Right, so that's the starting small. That's, I think, number two on our list of those six tips for circling back and processing challenging situations with our mm -hmm. kids, right? Where it's like, we don't have to sit down and do a big thing. We just mm -hmm. need to create security and connection and comfort around talking about the hard things. That's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And that's a great place to open up a, a longer, greater conversation if it merits it and if your mm -hmm. kid is receptive enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that the number one thing that we'd put on our list was saying, mm -hmm. Timing is everything. So deciding when we want to talk to our kids really matters. When we want to, mm -hmm. to kind of engage and, and tap at them and say, hey, do you want to talk about this thing? Or hey, wanted to check in about blank. Or hey, I'm so sorry right. about the tricky morning we had. Do you want to connect about it yeah. a little bit? Right. Just like we said that very often talking about things in the moment isn't very productive with our kids. Very often other times of day is not very productive either when they're in mm -hmm. workflow and they're playing when they're busy with a friend or another sibling, mm -hmm. when they're really tired or hungry or they haven't balanced their nervous system. So we have to kind of notice when would be a good time mm -hmm. to have this connective conversation and have it be productive and fruitful. I think that's so true. And, it's like you know, in the moment when our kids are you know, frustrating us or they're upset themselves or whatever it is, and we try to get in there and connect. Why are you doing that? Or why did you do that? Or whatever it is. Or we've yelled at them. Sure. They're not up for connecting about that. They're like, I'm not feeling so great about you. So yeah. in terms of finding the right time window, yeah. I like to find a window where my kid is very much liking me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a very good start is, do they think that I'm doing okay in their eyes right now? Mm -hmm. do, are they interested in looking at my face? Mm -hmm. Are we feeling like we're sharing a connective moment? This could be at dinner time when we decide to start these circle mm -hmm. back conversations. This could be in the car when we're all driving. We just sang a song, like a played a fun song or something, mm -hmm. or had a laugh, and then we can have that moment. This could be when we're tucking them in or reading mm -hmm. or doing um, any helping with evening hygiene or anything. Mm -hmm. But when we sense um, an open-mindedness, uh, receptivity, right, we can say, this is my moment to check in about something that happened earlier and to support my kid and teach, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and teach not necessarily just behavior that they should do next time, but teach about themselves, about others, about conflict, mm -hmm. and about how to move through it with the three C's. Yeah, I think that that's what we'll be talking more about. So how kids learn to make good choices is literally by exploring the choices they made in a safe way and time, Yeah. right? So that's what these circle backs are about. Anissa, mm -hmm. how would we want to circle back for Cheryl um, with the kids who say unkind things to each other as soon as they see each other? And anyone else, let, let us know a challenge you've been having where you might want to process that with your kids mm -hmm. or kid. It could be something um, that happens every day. Like yeah. Cheryl said, it could be something that just happened one time. It could be calling out a period that's hard. Hey, the new baby here. Things have been really tricky. I just want to connect with you about it. Mm -hmm. That's been really hard. We're mm -hmm. lately leaving the park. Man, I feel like we're, we've been in tears like every time. You, me, everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, can we talk mm -hmm. about it? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about it? So finding a good time and place, mm-hmm. starting small with one of those opening sentences that just really creates a warm environment. It warms the water, so mm-hmm. to speak, to help bring our kids in so they don't immediately get, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, uh, they're tapping into something I did wrong, right? That's going to make them shut down from the mm-hmm. learning and the growth and the connection as opposed to engage and lean in and say, oh, this is safe, I can do this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Starting small too, that can be just a, a phrase that we float out. You can literally just walk by after Cheryl and just be like, so sorry that he said that to you. Oh, he must be stressed. I'm sorry though, that must've mm-hmm. been hard. And literally, and then just move on, mm-hmm. right? That could be a circle back where we don't have to dig in about the needs mm-hmm. or what contributed to it, but just acknowledge that it was hard and just throw some love on there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then we can get into a, a, a deeper conversation. That's number, number three. three, I think, on the list of six things. Mm-hmm. When, uh, if our kids are receptive and willing and able to engage, if they're not, that's okay. We can kind of regroup and figure out a different circle back angle, but talking explicitly about whatever it is and processing it by describing what happened and moving through it with what we call the three C's, compassion, curiosity, and creativity. So, for example, we could talk about, do you want to talk about it like an acute event or a patterned event going on? Whichever. Yeah, pattern, fine, whatever. Um, But I mean, for Cheryl, for the the kids that are, you know, saying mean things to each other right when they get home, maybe it's one of them that does that. So you could check in with them, find that good time and place, make your first statement being like, hey, I've noticed that sometimes Mm -hmm. when you get home um, and you see your sibling, right, you just kind of call them a this, this, and this. And and I just wanted to, I was just wondering what was going on and if I could support you because I feel like it kind of bothers them. And I know you must be going through something. Mm-hmm. Ugh, like, are you tired? You know, and then you, so that's com- kind of a compassionate entry and say, mm-hmm. ask them. And then if they tell you anything like, well, I'm just so, you know, come home from school and I'm so tired. I just don't want to see their face and whatever it is our kids share with us. Or I just don't like them. Right. I don't like them right now. Then you could just compassion. You're not feeling into your sibling right now. It might be hard after a whole day of being mm-hmm. with other people and then they're just right there in your face. Right? Oh. They want to talk to you or they want to play with you or whatever it is. And so we're just describing it and building awareness and context and holding space and creating security because when our kids feel secure, they're going to be able to get curious after and then get creative. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to move through that and move past compassion, which sometimes we can't and that's okay. We're still nurturing this whole circle back mm-hmm. process. Then we can get curious and be like, what do you think you're needing in those moments? How can I support you, right? Is he, are they needing to just go right in and chill in their room? Are they wanting this, the, the sibling of theirs to say or do something different? Could we check in about that, mm-hmm. right? We, we could get curious. Use. We get curious <clears throat> about what the sibling is needing and why maybe they're doing what they're doing that bothers the other sibling. Even just right? being there. Yeah, and, and again, we're not trying to fix. We're not trying to, to solve. We're just trying to open up awareness because this is the long game, right? We wanted to show them that this is just a process that we engage in and to get comfortable, compassionate, curious, and then we can get creative. And very often our kids will get creative on their own with how to solve these challenges. They might say, well, I'm just gonna come in and go straight to my room. And we'd be like, great. And, or they'd be like, well, I'd like you to bring me a snack in my room after school so I don't have to see my sibling because they bug me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a great idea. I think that mm-hmm. totally works. So glad we figured this out together, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. <clears throat> I think that for those of you just joining, we're talking about the power of the circle back and teaching mm-hmm. and processing outside the moment, how it's our superpower and our kids' superpower as well. Mm-hmm. And that our kids learn to make good choices 
by processing their less than ideal choices in a safe place with us with zero shame and focusing less on the choices and the behaviors Mm -hmm. and more on the feelings and needs that drove the behaviors. So that's the big, the big talk Mm -hmm. in these three C's, compassion, curiosity, and creativity is we're not talking about the behaviors that happened. Who said words, you hit them, you ran across the street. We could say, what are, what are the feelings or needs that led you to do whatever it is? And that awareness building is what actually helps our kids integrate and move through these impulsive mm-hmm. things and actually prevent themselves from doing it mm-hmm. next time or a few times down the road. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Number four is read the room. So mm. a, lot of, a lot of people say, great, I would love to have that three C's explicit conversation where I build context, kind of describe a, a patterning of things that have been happening or this one acute thing that happened mm-hmm. and my kid will not sit for it. They cover their ears, they run away, they're not listening. And just like our first um, mm-hmm. suggestion, which is find the right time and place. Number four is really about finding the right circle back language for your kid. Yeah. So if they don't want to have that kind of ex- more explicit, direct discussion about something that happened that felt really shitty for everyone, there are so many other ways that we can do it. Like you said, Hannah, we could muse in the car, but we're not making eye contact, but they're just behind us, right? Mm-hmm. We could say those, focus more on those little statements, keeping it short and sweet, like number two, where we just say, earlier was harder. I am so sorry. And that's acclimating them slowly to the process of bad things can end up feeling okay Mm -hmm. if we feel connected about what happened, Mm -hmm. right? And then there are other ways too. Yeah, we can story tell. So Mm -hmm. for those younger kids, especially, who need a little bit of distance, who are sensitive, and who, when we talk about uh, an ex- explicitly a situation that was where they made a quote-unquote mistake, where they were dysregulated, maybe feel embarrassed, mm-hmm. right? Where they maybe feel a little bit of shame because they hurt somebody or They're said just something. Like, oh, they don't talk about me and what I did. Right? Uh. We need to create a little bit of space for them between what they did and talking about it, right? So that's why storytelling is so great. So we can bring up a, a similar type of situation and talk about it from our perspective. So like, I remember when I used to come home from school and, and I, I would growl like a bear and I just didn't want to be around anybody. And like, I remember, and you could just play it out, right? Mm-hmm. You could read a book also with a story that is similar. I want to say with storytelling and book reading around bringing up kids, uh, quote unquote, misbehaviors and, and mm-hmm. meltdowns and things. I want to remind everyone that we don't need to have a happy moral at the end, right? <laughs> so this is not a, an explicit teaching moment in that way. This is a softening and, a, awareness, and a, an awareness building exercise. This is not, so when I was a kid, oh my gosh, that happened to me and, and your aunt too. But you know, I just decided that peace was really the answer. So, <laughs> so I just stopped, so doing, I just stopped it. doing it and I realized it was easier to just be friends with her, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to moralize. We don't want to say, so here's what you should have been doing basically via the story or pick out books that are suggesting this kind of like behaviorist propaganda BS no. either. Don't be Again. the bad seed, be the good seed. Right. Again, be a friend to everyone. These conversations, explicit or implicit with storytelling mm-hmm. or reading books, is just about building awareness and trusting that that is enough learning for our kids to start connecting the dots and preventing these behaviors that they unconsciously mm-hmm. do. The awareness is what prevents it, not the shame. The awareness right. and the safety. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, awareness comes from safety. You can only be aware and learn and think when you're in a safe conversation with your parent after you did something totally wild and embarrassing. Right. Right. And shameful. So we're talking about the six ways that we can support our kids through a circle back teaching outside the moment because kids learn to make good choices by talking about the choices they didn't make very well in a safe and learning space. Yeah. So we talked about time and place. So choosing a moment they're receptive. We talked about starting small with a warm statement, very often starting with an apology on our end 
right? Well, so I that they're not feeling attacked. start with an apology, mm-hmm. whether I've had my hand mm-hmm. in it or not. Mm-hmm. Number three, having an explicit conversation if they're willing to describe what happened. This happened and then that happened and focusing on the needs and feelings of everybody that were competing mm-hmm. rather than who was right and who was wrong and getting into that victim and aggressor kind of binary, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to do that. That's not helpful. Number four, tailoring our communication strategy, that circle back processing conversation to our kids' temperament and skill level. So if they're too sensitive, giving them a little more space and talking about it in a mm-hmm. story or using um, role play. So younger kids, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, even older, um, Humor goes really far. Playing with their favorite characters and putting them in scenarios that are similar to what happened, Mm -hmm. the the challenge that happened, or using symbolic play with dolls. So that's getting distanced even more Mm -hmm. where they get to be kind of the director of these Mm -hmm. things and get to process and play out something hard that happened with sibling aggression or Mm -hmm. something dangerous or risky they did or a resistance that's been coming up. I want to say circle backs for those older kids too. finding their lane for that type of circle back can also come in the form of a letter mm-hmm. or in the form of a text message. I text often with my daughter after we have an explosion <clears throat> that either one or both of us has been a part of, or I just say, I'm so sorry about what happened earlier. And my daughter's doing the same too. Sometimes it's a string of rage messages with a bunch of amazingly chosen emojis, right? And then I get to write back and I get to say, that was really hard. Thank you so much for connecting. Do you want to come up and get in bed and snuggle with me? Compassion, right? Or we can write a letter to our kids with a funny caricature of what happened Mm -hmm. and a little apology and check-in. Put it under their door, fold it up, tuck it somewhere for a surprise. Let them, those sensitive kids, let them process on their own a little bit Mm -hmm. and then come back to us, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. So that was what? That was four. four. What's number five? Number five is to try to avoid using shame whenever we can. So like we were talking about at the beginning of this um, live and podcast episode, we were talking about how shame is uh, instinctually our go-to teaching tool, mm-hmm. right? To motivate our kids to change their behavior. But research shows shame is corrosive. It's toxic. It actually decreases our kids' learning. It distances their trust in us and relationship to us. It harms their their self-concept because it pairs what people do with who they are and how worthy they are, which is really dangerous. If kids are going to need to be making mistakes and practicing and trying in order to grow up, right? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of goes against, um, um, it's a little counterintuitive in that way, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what, where was I going with this? I no shame, baby. So, so no shame, baby. So we shame is not our friend. It's not useful. It's instinctual. It comes to us really easily. Mm-hmm. But in these circle back processing conversations with our kids, we want to be their ally. That's why we're focusing on compassion first to say this is safe. This is safe to talk about hard things mm-hmm. that happen, big feelings, competing needs, challenging behaviors. Mm-hmm. Come in and get comfortable here in the discomfort of being human, right? Mm-hmm. It's so natural, right? And I think that very often, I was identifying this earlier this week, a lot of times we can resort to shame because we just get so anxious as parents, Mm -hmm. right? Even if we know cognitively that shame is not a tool to use in our parenting, it comes out, it kind of like ekes out where like we raise our eyebrows, get some dagger eyes, like take deep breath. We look so disappointed, like, I cannot believe you did that. Right, where we're not using maybe punishments or we're not doing those we're not spanking anymore, but shame is still in a lot of our parenting. It's just mm-hmm. a natural response we do if it was used on us, especially. And so we want to make sure just to call it out, try not to use shame. And if we use shame in our circle back with our kids, right. Just kind of, um, just comes just out unconsciously, right. It Where comes we sit out. down for that, just like mm-hmm. really close, loving heart to heart. And it ends up being like, 
And it like detours to shame, right? Don't do that. Oh, Ashley, yeah. you do the eyes. Yeah, oh, totally. The eyes. the eyes get bigger. They get a little judgy looking. Mm -hmm. oh, sure. oh, sure. Or our voice gets a little bit shamey, right? Mm -hmm. That happens too. And so we can call that out and be like, I just was getting kind of shamey. I'm so sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Or when I talked to this about your, you know, what happened earlier, I got a little bit shamey. And I know that that's not helpful for you or for us. And I was doing it because I just felt very overwhelmed and dysregulated. And I'm sorry that I did that. Mm -hmm. So then we do a little circle back about the bad circle back we did earlier. You know what? Right? And, I, and I love bringing the word shame up with our kids in mm -hmm. our homes so that they start understanding what that is mm -hmm. and they can call us out on it. And they can other say, people. you are shaming me right now. Mm -hmm. You are making me feel bad on purpose. Yeah. Or right? to teachers and saying, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm motivated not, by not, shame. I'm not liking the way that you're talking chart right now. Yeah. This isn't working for me, this approach. I wish we'd had that with like coaches, yeah. teachers, mm -hmm. so many people in our lives to be able to be like, whoa, this does not feel or smell good. Like, mm -hmm. no, yeah. this is not for me. I'm feeling coerced and manipulated by shame, by your mm -hmm. power and privilege that you're using on me. Right. Mm -hmm. So we get to call, call our kids in to understand that even when we do it to them so it's, it's it takes okay. a, a big dose of accountability to just be like yep i shamed you yep i, I felt was, very helpless i was feeling yeah. very helpless and scared and i used it as a tool to make you feel bad because i thought for a moment that that's how you would learn best mm -hmm. i'm back <laughs> i realized that you're going to learn best by talking about what happened in a safe space with me mm -hmm. i'm back i'm your ally now mm -hmm. let's talk about it mm -hmm. right I, I i embodied a bit of a shame mama and, mm -hmm. and we're, we're done now Ashley says, I don't think I've named shame much. Love it. Thank you. Yes, let's call out shame. Let's create awareness around it, right? That Just feeling. like we're creating awareness around support. I'm here to support you. Mm -hmm. Or we're creating awareness around struggling. You're struggling or I'm struggling, mm -hmm. right? All of these things are very important to name with our kids. When someone struggles, when someone is supporting another person or needs someone support, stressed. when someone has a need, I'm needing, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also when someone is you know, manipulating or coercing or shaming another person. So mm -hmm. it's okay that we do this to our kids sometimes when we, we we're not supposed to show we up perfectly as parents, right? Yeah. Because they get to learn through relationship and through that circle back what that was and, yeah. and talk about how it felt. I think that when we decide and kind of remind ourselves that we often use shame as a tool, we can decide not to use it on purpose. Mm -hmm. We can say, oh my God, I shamed the crap out of you because I was dysregulated and we were all yelling and everyone was... Yeah. off off kilter and i'm so sorry and we use those circle back moments of processing to be shame free moments of connection with our kids and all, we only use shame when we've got nothing else our backs up against a wall and we're all dysregulated and we <clears> see <throat> the circle back for those moments of repair mm -hmm. of learning of connection of exploration of needs yeah. boundaries mm -hmm. the, a little bit of the impact we can neutrally you know explore yeah. the impact a little bit mm -hmm. and i feel like I love that that was the last thing I said because I feel like exploring the impact is usually the first thing yeah. that we all have been conditioned to do as good teachers to teach our kids is focus on the impact immediately. Socialization. When you did that, yeah, that hurt so-and-so. When you did that, that was very embarrassing. When you did that, that was unsafe and, and not shame, okay. shame, essentially, because it's yeah. not focusing first on our kids' feelings and needs and why they unconsciously and their did humanity, whatever it was. Right? Yeah. Can we keep their humanity at the forefront Mm. of our reconnections and our circle back. I love that. Okay, so we've gone through five things uh, in how to support our kids in a circle back. 
choose a time and a place that doesn't just work for us, but also works for our kids. That's right. Not, so it's not top down. I'm running this show. <clears throat> you will sit and listen to me right. lecture you. So it's actually not, not hierarchical. It's collaborative and it's actually more successful for our kids are receptive. Mm -hmm. Number two, start short and sweet, right? Add a, put an apology at the forefront, make it short and connected. It's basically saying, we can come in and talk about conflict and hard things. There's no shame. This is a safe place to learn and grow I'm and keep coming back. I'm so sorry this morning was so tricky. Oh, that was hard. I love you. Right. Yeah. Right. Or I'm so sorry I exploded earlier. It was a really tough transition to the car from the park. Let's talk about it later. I love you. Yeah. And then the third thing is um, to, what was the third? Is to actually have that conversation mm -hmm. and expand uh, what happened, right? To build context with our kids for those who will sit through a conversation who about it. Who have the skills or the wherewithal to do that. And that's through the three C's that we talk about in our membership community and our private coaching, compassion, curiosity, and creativity. That's the circle of connection that we do all that work and build all of that awareness, mm -hmm. right? Once they're ready, little by little, even just starting with compassion is a great place. And then after that, I think number four was um, kids who struggle with that, right? Reading the room and tailoring our communication approach to kids who don't do well with explicit conversations yet mm -hmm. and who need a little bit more of a subtle, implicit communication strategy mm -hmm. to help bring them into the processing uh, pattern of saying, let's talk about tough things. Let's, mm -hmm. let's hold space in hard moments. Let's be together and work through this and grow and learn from this together. Mm -hmm. And so that's storytelling writing things, role play, symbolic play, mm -hmm. goofiness, humor, all these access points that can help kids tolerate the discomfort of challenges and conflict. Reliving right? it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Working through it. Exactly. <clears throat> and then number five was uh, avoiding shame as best mm -hmm. we could and then calling it out when we use it, right? Mm -hmm. It's really, really important to help support our kids and understanding their needs, others' needs, and how those can get really bypassed in our society, right? And how they matter. And we can call it out when shame is being used, mm -hmm. right? And number six, I think on our list was to keep practicing, that this is an ongoing thing. This is not something we're supposed to get perfect. This is mm -hmm. not something we should be shaming ourselves for, for doing, right? Mm -hmm. This is a communication, um, you know, patterning mm -hmm. and, and relationship that we didn't necessarily get as kids, that we aren't barely even necessarily using as adults, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is gonna take a little bit of time for us to work through this and say, what works for my kid? What works for me? Mm -hmm. How can we learn and grow through these mistakes, quote unquote, this misbehavior, these big mm -hmm. feelings and challenging behaviors, these competing needs essentially, mm -hmm. right? How can we do this in a way that shows our kids that they can grow up and have challenges naturally with the people in their lives mm -hmm. and they can actually not run away from those challenges they cannot use shame and blame for uh, with those challenges. They cannot tank or avoid, right? Or be fragile or defensive. Right. Hey, Amy. Hi, Amy. Um, but that they can actually say, oh, this is a conflict. This is so normal. This is, I'm absolutely okay with this. I'm going to offer myself and others compassion. I'm going to offer myself and others curiosity about what those needs were. And I'm going to offer myself and others creativity about how to get all of our needs met. No big deal. That is the, the, the family we want to be cultivating and the kids we want to hope to raise who can go into any conflict, right? With calm, confidence, and capability. Yeah. I think some people might be listening and being like, okay, so, so this circle back conversation, that's not a grill back where they're getting grilled anymore. So this is paired with consequences and punishments mm. or not. And I want to say that the circle back in its value is essentially a replacement for all of that. 
right? And I wanted to reiterate that our kids don't need consequences, our kids don't need punishments, and they certainly don't need a grill back or a lecture. And that the circle back conversation is literally replacing all of this punitive BS mm-hmm. that doesn't serve our kids and that we're trying to work against in every other faction of our lives and in the world mm-hmm. right now, right? I love that. All of the consequences, I mean, just like the shamey grill back, they're all based in shame, right? Mm-hmm. Taking something away from our kids, manipulating them to do something, mm-hmm. lecturing them about it, threatening, right? Threatening taking something away. Oh, the whole control toolbox is based in shame with the belief that that's going to actually motivate our kids to change their behavior but at the expense of not understanding their needs or feelings and identifying them and feeling okay in them, right? Not being in relationship with people when they're struggling, right? So again, this isn't just about compliance and behavior and obedience. The the greater goal, right, is growth and relationship, Mm -hmm. fundamental skill building that we're talking about here. And so we just wanna let you, give you permission to take all of that other stuff off your plate and trust in the fact from a neurodevelopmental perspective that all kids need is for us to be present and supportive to keep everybody safe as often as possible, right? And then to, that's presence basically, right? In our, our three P's step. And then to process these things with them directly, indirectly, ourselves, so that we can all show up with a little more awareness and a little bit more skills the next time. And then the next time, then the next time. So these are circles of connection. We call it conflict revolution, where we revolve together through every challenge. And the circle starts small with these little conversations, mm-hmm. right? These little awareness building things and these little light bulb moments for us. And they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then our kids start taking over the circle of connection from us. Mm-hmm. And we start seeing our kids, so many people in the community are like, oh my gosh, I just saw my six-year-old circling back with their four-year-old brother. And they're mm-hmm. just like mind blown using the three C's. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Or our kids will circle back with us. My son will come and say, hey, I just wanted to talk about what happened earlier today. I was feeling really tired and I screamed at you and this and this, and I just wanted to say, I'm sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Like they, kids learn by the way that we teach, not what we're teaching. So the way we're showing up in these ways is exactly what they learn when we use the connection approach with the circle back rather than the control approach with the grill back. Yeah. And kids learn to make good choices by making choices (laughs) of many kinds and processing those with us in a safe and neutral space. That is how our kids make good choices. I think Alfie Cohn says, kids make, learn to make good choices by making choices. Right. Right. And I would add, and talking about them in a safe space with a trusted trusted attachment figure. Yeah. Yeah. Just like anything. I mean, a trusted attachment figure processing these choices our kids make really moves us from this like authoritarian policing Mm -hmm. judge jury type role to this like mentor role that I it just sounds like way cooler to me. I would I want to be like it. a trusted, revered mentor person. Right. I want to, yeah, I, w- I would love to be that person for my kids. And we all need those types of people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us wish we'd had those people in our lives mm-hmm. who no matter what we said or did, how bad we messed up, they were mm-hmm. always there being like, Oh yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. I love you. You're a, a great person. What you do is not who you are. And mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Let's, let's work on it together. I'm here. And that outer voice that we get to give our kids becomes their inner voice. Mm -hmm. And that inner voice that they develop that helps them move without shame through conflict to actually solve conflict, right? Mm -hmm. When it's separated from their sense of self, right? Mm -hmm. And and who they are, allows them to then express an outer voice to other people that is also shame-free, that is also filled with compassion, curiosity, and creativity. And it spreads 
from relationship to relationship, from voice to voice. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. But I think that with so much going on in the world right now, we're looking for less conflict. And when our kids mm. bring it to us, serving it up all day long, it's so easy to think this isn't okay. I have to stop this. No hatred, no yelling, no yeah. violence, like no, no, yeah. no. And I just want to remind everyone too, through a, through a child development lens, it is okay. And the first step to approaching a circle back in the safety and trust-filled way we need to is by accepting the conflict that's happening and the behaviors our kids are handing us yeah. as nor natural, normal, and necessary, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a big pill to swallow. It's a big thing for us to remember mm -hmm. because it feels so strongly in our bodies and in our, in our, in our conditioning, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. But it's literally the first step to being able to lean into these circle back conversations with the grace and the trust and the patience that we need to create some true learning with our kids mm -hmm. about the stuff we want them to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This has been fun. This, is that what you were going to say? This was Twins. Fun. Twins. Um, thank you all for being here tonight. Um, if you have any thoughts on the circle back versus the grill back, on how to kind of move shame out of those conversations with your kids, knowing that it is not the most productive uh, tool that you have at your disposal. Mm -hmm. And then if you're wanting ideas on the other tools that compassion, curiosity, and creativity that replace that shame and how right? to put those in action, how to put words to them, how to mm -hmm. engage, and then also how to kind of fine tune, oh, your kids, um, conversation, uh, you know, circle back profile, what works best for them, right? It's going to be a lot of troubleshooting to figure mm -hmm. that out as it develops. Yeah. Um, we're here is what I just wanted to say. Yeah. I love that you brought up the, <clears throat> the, uh, circle back profile and reminding us that these conversations we have with our kids, like hopefully any conversation should be consent based. Yeah. Right. It should be us checking in and seeing if they want to talk about it, mm -hmm. right. If they're ready to talk about it. And the more that we do that, the more they're just going to come to us when they're ready. And we won't have to be doing so much of the heavy lifting and initiating, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's one of the goals mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, I think let's end this thinking about sometimes it's, I mean, it's great thinking back. So that's our preparation stage. How can I, or I guess that's thinking ahead mm -hmm. a little bit, but I think you think ahead even farther, not just to the next conflict we have with our kids, but let's think five years down the line, mm -hmm. let's think 10 years down the line, let's think 15 years down the line, 20 years and think, what kind of relationship do I want to have with my child? How much access do I want into their inner world, into their needs and feelings, right? How much, um, like how well do I want to know them and how well do I want them to know and trust me? What kind of relationship do we want to have together? Mm -hmm. And so much of that, that goal and that dream is being built right now. And so that's why we want to give you permission to not feel the need to teach and motivate through shame and control and instead to cultivate relationship, build awareness, of their needs and feelings over and over and over again, because that's not just going to help them work better with other people, be able to assert their needs and honor other people's needs over time through conflict, but it's going to help them trust us and continue to come back to that body of water, that warm water metaphor that we talked about at the beginning of saying, let's go swim. I'm always here to swim. The with water you. is safe. The water is safe with me. Yeah. Let's play. Let's have fun. Let's connect. Let's be human together. Right. Mm -hmm. Love so. it. Thank you all so much. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is going to be up on the podcast for those of you watching on Instagram. And let us know if you have any questions about our Upbringing Collective, our membership community. You can pay monthly for resources, community, and a weekly live coaching call with us. Mm -hmm. Or if you're going through something really hard, something chronic or acute with your um, sensitive, strong-willed, neurodivergent kids, let us know. And we can hop on a free call for 30 minutes, or you can book a series of calls with us 
your partner can join as well if you have one. And we can really get some momentum, you know, make some progress with whatever those challenges are. Help you build some, some bridges with your kid, build some skills, feel yeah. closer, feel better, do better, all the things. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Ashley. Thank Thanks, you. everyone else who is here. We always say you're not alone. You're doing an amazing job and we're all growing up together. So we will see you very soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.